Thank you for tuning in at Ravenna Assembly of God. We hope you enjoy this message and are blessed from it. If you want to tune in to more messages, log on to RavennaAG.com and search under the media tab. Thank you and God bless. Uh, I want to get into some things. I'm going to go ahead and show you the first slide. It's not an unfamiliar statement with me. And that simply says no wimpy prayers. No wimpy prayers. So let me go ahead and introduce this by just sort of giving a demonstration by way of prayer. Prayer, I'll open and then I'll close, okay? Let's bow our heads, please. Oh God, Lord, we lift your name up high, knowing that you can conquer all things, yes. Lord God, no matter how big or how small, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord, I just ask that for your help I'm just, um, I'm having a hard time managing my big budget, Lord God. Yes, Lord. I just recently have been dealing with unemployment. <laughs> my friend Carol's laid off, and it's just really been bumming me out. Jesus. My best friend Denise just recently got broken up with. I spoke to the guy, and he said she's clingy. I just pray that you help her deal with herself. Lord, I just want to... Oh, Heavenly Creator. Lord, I just pray that you help me uh, sell my car on Friday. Lord, it's a gently used Mercedes S-Class. Lord, and that I get a fair but just price, Lord God. Oh, gracious God, I wandered into the pet smart the other day, and the ferret from last month was still there. And God, I know these are your ugliest of your creatures, but I just, I pray, God, please, someone adopt. Yes, God, of Abraham and Isaac and mm -hmm. his many, many sons. I've been so distressed thinking about the idea of hurricanes and God just keep me far, far away from them. I just want to... Oh, Papa, I just pray that you help me. I have some leftover euros from my trip to Switzerland, Lord, and I just pray that the exchange rate is favorable. Oh, great physician. I saw a decrepit pigeon with a junk wing, and I just pray you give that pigeon strength. Lord... I just want to... And Lord, we just lift up all of these things, Lord, in your name. Okay, no. I mean, sorry. Before we end, I'd just like to ask for strength as I prepare for tomorrow. Oh, my God, Jamie. Oh, my God. Y'all, cancer is so expensive. I, I hear it's so expensive. We thought my cat had cancer. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Um, but... It was just a big ball of hair, matted. How many people know? Are you the first? Do you want people to know? I just heard about the cancer. <laughs> I don't know if I can think about anything else at Hamilton tonight. Oh, oh no. If I'm no, thinking no. about it. You true. have been looking forward to this all week. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> don't let anyone else steal yes. your glory. I think we need to do a laying on of hands. I think we should do a layer. Everybody, layer. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Lord. I just thank you for Hamilton. Thank you for I almost don't know what to say over things like that, but yet it's a lot. That's, that's a lot like how a lot of people do things. And, and, and oh my goodness, you've heard me talk about prayer, about how hmm, th th there's, there's a lot that has to be said from my heart without getting all messed up in my words, not becoming too beating people over the head about things, too. But my, my, my goodness, I'm zealous for people to know the presence of my God. I, I see people run into crisis so many times, and that's when they begin to yell on God, look for God, ask for God, but they never bothered beforehand, so they're really not sure how to hear, see, or even be directed by him because they haven't really known what it is to spend time with him. How many know that hoping that things will work out won't change anything? Good intentions 
Don't change things, folks. I, I don't care how good the intention is. It just doesn't happen. And, and as a result, it, it, it just turns into a chaos one thing after another. I've often said this, and I hope you'll hear what I have to say, but very simply, that there are many things that we should do besides pray, but nothing without prayer. There's a lot of things we should do besides pray, but nothing without prayer. Life is, 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 is not going to change within us or without us without prayer. It's just that simple. Things change. But, but bottom line is, with, with that said, I, I want to I wanna confront our prayer lives. Yours, mine, all of us. I, I want to, again, reiterate, push on, declare no wimpy prayers. Is the enemy terrified of your prayers? Is the enemy restrained by your prayers? Is the enemy put at bay because of your prayers? I find it interesting that Jesus takes this parable that he taught, and we need to understand the situation, what surrounded this parable. And if you will, take a look at this in your notes. you got it there. But it says in Luke chapter 11, it says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, and then he'll go into what we know as the Lord's Prayer. Now, there, there's a couple things, and it's interesting to me that Jesus was ready to respond to them when they asked that he teach them how to pray. I think it's important to understand that a lot of people do want to pray, but they just don't know how. There, there are a lot of people who would pray if they knew what to say when they did pray. It's quiet in here. Maybe, maybe you tried to pray, or, or, or maybe you started to pray, maybe you got so far in a prayer and then fumbled, you know, for the words, and, and, and because you, you just feel like you didn't have the religious vocabulary or whatever, and, and, and then they're not sure what to say, so they re repeatedly deal with that, and eventually what's really going on is that there is no prayer going on in their life. There's no communication or talking to God that's going on. And, and really, at, at the root of it, it's, it's not because, you know, they don't love God, and it's not because they don't want to talk with God, but it's because they don't know what to say when they pray. And, and so there's all sorts of things and emotions that come along with it. There's the guilt feelings and, 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 and you know, the accusation of being lazy and, and just all sorts of weird things that, that take place as a result. As a result, And, and what I want to point out to you is that Jesus wants to show something here, and it's called tools. So let's take a look at it. He said to them, which of you shall have a friend? And go to him at midnight to, and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. Now remember, this is at midnight. Okay? Midnight now is not a problem. Lights on, microwave, ding, all that. Midnight back here, they went to bed at 6, right? A little after, it's dark out. Midnight, it's halfway through. So uh, it, it, for, for a friend of mine that has come to me on this journey, and I have nothing to set before him, and he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. I say to you, Jesus says, Though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Now this next section I want to read to you, the same section, but it's from the Message Bible. I love the way it puts it. It says, imagine what would happen if you went to a friend in the middle of the night and said, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. And an old friend because an old friend traveling through just showed up and I don't have anything have a thing on hand. The friend answers from his bed, don't bother me, the door's locked, 
my children are all down for the night. I can't get up to give you anything. But let me tell you, even if he won't get up because he's a friend, if you stand your ground knocking and waking all the neighbors, get the idea, he'll finally get up and get you whatever you need. Now, let me just summarize something right here. What I'm saying today is basically three words that I'm going to be repeating throughout this, 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 this message. It's simply called no wimpy prayers. Say that with me. No wimpy prayers. Look at your neighbor and tell them, no wimpy prayers, you wimp. No, 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 don't do that. Just got here. I think the bottom line of this parable is, is it really comes down to not being wimpy about it when it comes to your relationship with God. Not being too passive, not being with. I think, I think that's a, as, as good of a quick summary, if I put this together, as you can get from this parable, that he was literally saying to the disciples, don't be wimps. Don't, don't be wimps. Be of good cheer, good courage, be strong whenever you're talking to your father. Whenever you're approaching God, Whenever things, whenever there are things in your life, things that are going on, don't get soft and don't get timid. Don't get, the first thing that I want to point out here this morning as I'm going through this is if you're taking, you know, you're, you've got your notes there, write down what would be, what Jesus would be saying. He's saying, pray with perspective. Pray with perspective. Approach God with perspective. Approach God with perspective. Let me ask a question. Have you ever in your life had a sense that asking God for stuff is like pulling teeth? Nobody wants to know, I don't want anybody to think I'm a bad Christian. Oh, man, you'd be a normal Christian, all right? I, what I'm saying here is, 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 have you ever in your life have a, had a sense like, like God's, like, a, you know, he's asleep in the house. And, and, and you're like trying to arouse him. God, I need you to do something here, right? If so, I'm just telling you, you're in great company. Because all of us at one time or another have felt that way. There are times in our life when we feel like our prayers are answered just, I mean, even before we pray them, it's like boom, boom. God's doing all this great stuff in our lives. Things are happening here and there. It's, it's like everything is happening. Things are happening around us, wherever we're going. I mean, we're just kind of like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And, and, and we haven't even prayed for it. There, it's, just, it's just one of those seasons. But then there's those other seasons. And it feels like you're going, God, do, do, you, do you even realize what's happening to me? Do you even realize what's happening around here? Are, are you there? Hello? Can you hear me? There's, there's those seasons that all of us have. Now, that's why I love these, these scriptures here. Look at, 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 look, look at the psalmist, what he says. Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Rise up against the rage of my enemies. Awake, God. Like, you know, Decreed justice. I mean, what he's saying here is, say, you know, I'm getting beat up, God. Things, things are going wrong every turn that I take. Would you please pay attention? Wake up, God. Bring justice. I'm your kid here, right? Yeah. Oh, how about this one? Awake. Why do you sleep, O Lord? Arise. Do not cast us off forever. I mean, come on, God. But the truth is, and we know it, God's not asleep. And he's not in need of being woke up. Hello? So what Jesus is actually saying here is if a friend of yours were at home, in bed, with his family asleep, with a, a limited supply, and, and you would go to him and you would knock on that door at midnight and he would rise up and give you bread, then why in the world would you hesitate in the midnight season of your life to approach God with confidence? 
We're talking about a God who never sleeps, a God who isn't going to need rest, a, a God who isn't going to tell you to, to go away and, and come back tomorrow, a God who has absolutely no limitation, a God who is ready 24-7, is there at every moment, is interested. Oh, man, I'm just, why would you hesitate to go to a God like that? who doesn't have all the human limitations of a friend, that you would be so bold as to go to them when you really have a need. Then, then, then why wouldn't we go to God who cares about us, who loves us, and isn't going to say, come back later. I'm busy. So what's he doing here? He's saying to them, get the right perspective. Pray with perspective. Jesus spent a lot of time, especially in parables, talking to us about the nature of God. And I'm going to tell you right out that I, I, I find it incredibly helpful in my relationship with him, oftentimes to just remind myself of what God really is like. I end up reminding myself what the problem is really like more than I do what God is really like. The reason for that is that other kinds of thoughts, you know, kind of just, they, they invade your mind. And, and, and if you're not careful, you tend to think of God in a way that's really not accurate. And, and what it does is it throws off our relationship with him. In, in this example, it throws you off in terms of being bold, with coming to him with courage, with expectancy, knowing and having faith in your heart that he cares about you. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. It doesn't matter that it's in the middle of the night or the midnight season in life. We have a God who's always ready to hear and always ready to answer prayer. Can somebody say amen? We need to pray with perspective. And the second thing is, we see in the parable here that Jesus is saying, when you come to God, have passion. Have passion. Can you all say passion? <laughs> I asked you to say it rather than shout it just to see what it would sound like. Passion. It sound like a kid setting down the green beans or something. Say passion. If there's one thing I believe that's missing in the church today, it's passion. I said, if there's one thing missing in the church today, I believe it's passion. There's a lot of passion for God. There's like obligation to God, but there's not passion. There's not passion for prayer. There's not passion his word. I'm not saying that to feel guilty. I'm trying to tell you we've allowed things to interfere, to water down, to compromise. Friend, if I'm going to be very real with you, the church isn't even bothered by sin. It, it just, it, it, it isn't. And I'm going to tell you the first thing that goes, the first thing that goes is our passion for prayer. And, and I don't mean that you know, lightly because I know that a lot of people struggle for it, but I'm going to tell you something. Without prayer, it's, it just seems like it's a defeat. And, and, and I'm saying this because passion is the complete opposite of wimpy prayers. He says that a friend of yours, basically, a friend of yours will not respond to you based on the equity of friendship, but he will respond to you if you stand your ground and be bold about your need. Think about that for a second. Think about it. He will not respond to you based on the equity of your friendship. Yeah, I'm not getting up. The kids are asleep. 
and it just and you begin to stand your ground and be bold against your knee and you begin to pound that door. Anybody ever try to get an answer from a company? Anybody ever try to deal with an issue where there's a situation that's coming down on you? You don't stop. You keep going after it. This shouldn't be. This is not the way it should be. And it's not going to be that way. That was the whole phrase behind Jesus and the word compassion. You'll see it all through the scripture. He had compassion on them. That's an anger, friend. That's not, oh, poor people. That's not what he did. And I, oh, look at how bad they are. Oh, they need a touch from God. Let's touch them, shall we? That's not, hmm. The word compassion is literally saying, that's not how I created them to be. And that's how, that's, they're not going to stay that way because of it. So not only would he see them and say, that's not the way I created them, he would also add to that from the understanding of compassion, and they're not going to stay that way either. Friend, when do we get passionate enough? I'm looking for my soapbox back here. Somebody put it someplace. I want to stand on it and say, you can get upset at every political move that's going on, who's in office, who's doing this, who's not doing that. You can get all upset about COVID-19 and with the conspiracy about this shot or that shot or any other shot or should I get the shot or shut it down here or there. I don't give a rip anymore. Because I want to tell you flat out, straight out, if we had the compassion with the passion that he talks about in Scripture that he mentions right here, we would say, God, you did not make this world. You did not bless this country so it would be like it is now. So it can't stay this way any more, Lord, because we're going to bombard heaven. We're going to have a passion to see our country revived, to see our people renewed, for a revival to be poured out, for God's presence to be known, to even see our schools with prayer and Bible back in them. I'm sorry I was yelling. I didn't mean to yell. But I get passionate about this stuff. I'm tired of running into the roadblock, seeing everything shut down. See, no, I mean, you can't even get people to go back to to, to, to just, oh, never mind, I'm going to get muddling and diddling and, uh, excuse me, just a moment. You would see, what Jesus is saying here is if you were to get soft and timid and walk away from your friend's house and go, eh, okay. Your, your, your friend didn't respond because he knows your name. Because of the equity of your friendship. But he knows once you really need him. Once he knows you aren't playing. Once he, he knows that your friend, this is a crucial hour in, in, in your life. If a friend, a natural friend, would get out of bed and grant your request... Then he's saying this, the equity of your friendship didn't do it, but your passion did. Now, let, me read, let me read how he explains it again here from the Message Bible. He says in verse 8, he says, let me tell you, even if you won't get up because he's a friend, if you stand your ground knocking and walk, waking all the neighbors, he'll finally get up and get you whatever you need. Here's what I'm saying, he says. Ask. And you'll get, seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be, and, and the door will open. He says, "Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This is not a cat and mouse hide and seek game we're in." And you all know, because you've been, you've heard it for years. It's not ask, and you'll get, seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be open. It's Ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep banging at that door. It, it's, it's, it's a passion. 
It's an overwhelming passion. I mean, I like what he says here. I, I, like, I, I like what he's saying. He's, he's basically saying, hey, go bold or go home, right? There, there's a story, and, and I always get caught up with this thing. There's a story in the Old Testament about a king named Joash. Joash. That's an interesting name, Joash. How would you like a name like Joash? Hey, Joash. In the final days of the prophet Elisha, if you remember this story, he's prophesying over Joash. His kings come to see him on, you know, on his bed. And there, there's some, and Elisha's saying, man, there, there's some great things that God has planned for you, Joash. There, there's, there's some great things in, in store. And, 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 and he's, he's saying, I've I, I got plans for you, Joash. God say, I got places. He's telling him all about the things that, that God would do. Things in his life, things in his relationships, to his kingdom, to his future. And, and, and through that, he goes into an illustrated kind of message. And, and, and what he does is he goes and he gets, he gets a couple arrows. Remember this? He grabs a couple arrows. Excuse me. Got all these crazy things sitting back here. But I'm going to say, these are, <laughs> I didn't want that one anyways. But we got all these crazy arrows, let's say, right? Okay, now. And, and, and here's the thing. He says, he says to Joash, are you ready for this? Did you hear what I'm saying to you, Joash? God really wants to do some great things in your life. And, and God's willing and God has a heart to defeat your enemies in front of you. So Elisha tells me, he says, take these arrows. And let's assume that when you strike the ground with these, right? It's like the fulfillment, Joash. It's, 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 it's like the fulfillment of that striking on the ground. It's like you're striking your enemy down. So Joash takes the arrows, and, 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 and this is where he, he goes. <laughs> and Elijah. He, 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 he becomes furious. He, he's like, what is up with that? Come on, Josh, Joash, is, 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 that, is that all you got? I, I want to tell you tonight or this morning or wherever we're at and however late it is, I want to tell you that I really believe God has got great things for many people who will probably never experience it because this is about as far as their passion goes. See, it's not true that whatever God wants to see happen is going to happen regardless of you. It's not true. God could have some awesome things planned for you, but that's how you approach life. In fact, can I say to you like the prophet said to Joash, if that's all you got, everything I just said is canceled. Everything I just said could be yours, but, but forget it. Just, 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 just forget it. God wanted it, but it, it excuse my English, ain't going to happen. Like that, you got to get fired up. You got to realize the passion. There's got to be something inside of you that's rising up, that's bothering you, that's seeing you, that's looking at this world, that's looking at your family, that's looking at the situations all around us and say, no! This is not the way it's supposed to be. You got to go after this. You, you got to get in the flow of what God promises you and what He has said. And say yes to Him. His promises are true. I am the head, not the tail. I'm from above and not from beneath. I'm a child of God. I have dominion. I am more than a conqueror. Bring it on. 
Okay, um, just. I want to tell you, we're here to walk on top of life, not to have life walk on top of us. I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm, I'm fired up. You know what? Because, because there are times, you know. You know what it is for everything to stop still in your life. Somebody's giving you news. You, you had your future planned. You were looking at things. Things were happening. And now all of a sudden, you know, you get a phone call, you know. Steve, what was it like when you found out that you had cancer? I mean, life changed. It stopped. Everything was completely turned upside down. But it was like you knew inside that wasn't the way it's supposed to be. This is not supposed to be this way. And, 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 and I come back to it, it, it over and over again. I remember phone calls. I remember situations where, where, where just that, that passion arises. It reminds me of people who have gotten announcements, phone calls in their lives, words spoken over them, and those things don't have to remain as they are, my friend. They don't have to stay like they are. That's an enemy of yours, friend. That's an enemy of yours. And then that, that enemy, what the enemy uses is the weapon of fear, the weapon of doubt, the weapon of lack. You know, we've been talking about this. There are so many people who are, excuse me, I'm getting down, but I might not get back up. There's, there's so many people just tuning in. Right? And what they really need to do is grab hold of that moment. It's you or it's me. It's you or it's me. Some people have tolerated things way too long in their life. Things that, you know, for, for some that have been there for years, even maybe handed down to them through what, what, what we would call a previous generation. And you're, you're praying, but your prayers, you know, it's, it's you, 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 your prayer... Uh, uh, it just doesn't seem like that prayer alone is doing anything. Nothing's going to change until we get passionate enough to go after that once and for all and say that discouragement, that depression, that lack, that stuff in my life, the way I've, I've been up and down like a roller coaster, the, the, the inconsistencies, the I don't follow through, I say I'm going to do things and I don't do things. It's time for that to change. It's time for that to be different. Can somebody shout passion? Just them. The third thing I get out of this parable is the thought of persistence. You know, one thing I, I've come across from, from Bible teachers is that, and, and I'll be honest with you straight up, I, I don't agree with it. And that is that you, if you ask God for something once and, and then you have faith, after asking him once, that you won't ask him for that again. Because if you ask for that again, you would be demonstrating a lack of faith. Let me say this. The reason is, I'm a grandfather who has a certain granddaughter. I'll let you guess which one it is. <laughs> and I've noticed that it is kind of just the opposite with her. When she believes that I am good for it, right, she keeps coming back around when it comes to, you know, a need in her life, a hunger for A&W, or anything else along those lines. You know, and, and her persistence is actually a sign that she ain't giving up. And I might say no. <laughs> she knows that my no could become a yes. And my, well, tomorrow could be today. And if I, 
she's going to find a way. How many know what I'm talking about? She's going to work it. She might even try going to her grandmother if necessary to get an angle on me. And what's the reason? Because she's convinced. She's convinced that if she keeps on being persistent, that it's going to be there for her. Do you hear that? Now, if she stops being persistent, and when she quits asking, that's a sign that she's given up. See, I want to encourage you. Don't give up on things that you've asked for. Don't give up on things that are meaningful in your life. Don't give up on an unsaved child. Don't give up on unsaved parents, family, friends. Don't give up seeing your business turn around in the promises of God and the provisions of God. Because I want to encourage you, don't walk away from things that are noble and don't walk away from things that matter that you're taking a stand for. Knock and keep knocking. Well, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, excuse me. Mm -hmm, oh yeah. Knock, 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 knock. I get their attention. Wake up the neighborhood. Call the police. I don't care what you do, but I'm gonna. Okay. People know I'm passionate. It's my heart. I don't come to God every morning with my family before me because I'm obligated to do or something I should do. I'm passionate about my family. I'm passionate about what's happening in their life and where things are going. I'm passionate about God's protection over them and health imparted to them. I'm passionate about them prospering. I'm passionate about them knowing God and being used of God. I'm, a pas I'm passionate about them being anointed from Him. I'm passionate about Him strengthening Him, giving them wisdom, giving them knowledge and understanding. I'm passionate about my family. They need God. They need to know the presence of God. When God lays stuff on your heart, friend, you just don't, well, if God, Steve knows this. I've been praying for him for years, every morning, and he knows this. I've told him flat out, Jerry prays for me every morning, and I, I know this, and I also sense it. I pray for this house, friend. What I'm saying to you, there's a passion. There's a hunger. We've allowed the enemy to us down. That's that big word I use all the time. We, we allow him to, to, to decompress us. They go, oh, oh well. Whatever will be, will be. The future is not ours. I'll spit. Passion. That was a nice thing there. Passionate about your prayers. When you're in a crisis, is that what it takes for us to become passionate? God's trying to show us something there. He was showing the disciples something here. Luke chapter 11 says, here's what I'm saying. Ask and you'll get. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. Don't bargain with God. Be direct. Ask for what you need. This is not a cat and mouse hide and seek game we're in. If your little boy asks for a serving of fish, do you scare him with a live snake on his plate? If your little girl asks for an egg, do you trick her with a spider? Yeah, I do. As bad as you are, <laughs> you wouldn't think of, of such a thing. You're, you're, you're at least decent to your own children. And don't you think the Father who conceived you in love will give you the Holy Spirit and 
church doing good things, doing right things. I really, really love it. I believe in it being an example. But I also believe in the church being empowered through the presence and by the presence of God. I believe that the house is someplace that Jesus said of food pantries that are good for anyone that's in need. Not a house of worship. Not a house of preaching. Not a house of fellowship. All those things are good. All those things are right. Not an issue. Don't take that wrong. What Jesus said is my house shall be I've come to find out in my own heart, even through this time, that his house is a house of prayer. And all those things I've just mentioned come out of prayer. If the house is not a house of prayer, all those things that are happening are more man-made than God-made. And the result is always going to be the same. If something happened this last week, yeah, it got, it, 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 it got a burr in my saddle, so to speak got me kind of angry inside and I recognize that anger is not an anger to, to hate, it's an anger that says, it's not my fault that it God has intended an entirely different entirely different working, moving directing of the church that comes from his head his head to his body Great and mighty things the Lord has in store. I say it again, great and mighty things. It's not finished with you or this house. I don't care whether you're six or whether you're 96. God has things in store for you. What's been heavy on your heart this week? What have you been praying for? Are you even burdened for anything? Does, does anything matter? Is, is, there, is there a prayer that you've been praying for, for your family, for your wife, for your husband, for your newborn child? All of a sudden, you know, Steve, family becomes humongously important because we feel that passion of, of protection. It hurts. How many in this place know what it means to be brokenhearted? To see things happening for you that should never happen. To watch people pass away that should never have passed away. And that we turn around and go, oh, well, you know, Time to become passionate about prayer. I'm going to ask and keep asking. I'm going to knock and make as much noise as I can. I'm going to seek, not stop. I'm going to be worse than some of you people on your phones. found out a long time ago that when Jesus said seek me with all your heart you will find me and then you will go and make disciples Lord I thank you for your word this week wow 
thank you for stirring us up, Lord, but Lord, don't let us just become a pep rally with a cheerleader here. We don't need another one of those things. God, capture our hearts. Turn us inside out. Let us not be able to get away from things. Let us, when we hear things, see things, let it just rise up within us. Let us never, ever get tired of coming before you and saying, God, I don't know what to say, but I know this is the way it should be. And I need you to be what it needs to be. God, our country, our, our leadership, our governments, our debt, it, it needs, it's not the way it should be. We need you to become to this country what this country needs you to be. God, forgive us as a church. Forgive us. I'm talking about the church, Lord, the church that, again, is not even bothered by sin, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't even hesitate at the thought of realizing somebody dying and going to hell. Oh, hell, no, no, oh, no, no, we wouldn't think about that. We never think about that there are lost who are dying, going to hell, and you've placed them right in front of us. You've given us ability. You've given us a relationship. You've given us a story to tell. Holy Spirit, don't let this day pass as the same, just another Sunday. Let this day be a day where life changes, where life and life more abundantly is realized through him who has loved us. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask this question this morning because truth is, you're here this morning and you don't know him as your Lord and Savior. You don't know that relationship with him. You hear passion, but all you feel in you is a tug that says, you know, your life's not right without him. You can't live this life without him. Well, this morning, he's offering you that invitation. He's offering you this morning. He's inviting you to know him know that relationship because you can't do it without him and, and you know that so this morning right now right here in this place at this moment this hour your heart is saying yes to hear him your life is saying yes to hear him Jesus come into my life this can't stay the same it's got to change if that's you this morning and your heart's saying yes would you just affirm that? I'm asking you to put an action for your choice. Would you affirm that with enough of this hand that says right there, I'm saying yes to that relationship? Because I want to pray with you this morning right where you sit. I, I, want, I want to lift you up this morning in the choice that you made. Is there one here this morning? Yes, yes, God bless you. You can put that hand down. So some of you are struggling with it right now. I mean, I'll be honest with you. It's not me that you're struggling with. It's what God's dealing with you. It's hard. It takes courage to make this choice, friend. It really takes guts. Because, you, you know, at this point in time, it's not about, okay, I'll have to change and do all this other stuff. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's an in-between. All it takes is us making the choice and allowing God to make the change. But that can never happen without him saying, morning and that's you you're saying yes we want you to do that i want to pray with you i'm not going to belabor it not going to prolong, prolong it uh, it's just this is my last invitation that's you say yes to him say yes to that relationship with christ over your life thank you jesus lord i thank you save us, that you heal us. I thank you that even though our heads get in the way sometimes, you work with us in our hearts. And if we're willing to listen to our hearts, we'll rejoin to you. You will lead us and you will guide us. I pray, Lord, that 
this morning in the choice that you've made for me. God, as you honor them, as we will celebrate with them, I pray, God, they will know that union in their hearts and that they will see your spirit. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. In fact, I asked the whole church to pray it. But I ask you to pray it with me and, and repeat it, but not to repeat just something. Because repeating something doesn't change a thing. But to pray this from your heart as we lead you in this prayer. So if you raised your hand, if you said yes to Christ, pray this with me. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Become my Savior. Save me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You mean that's it? There's ain't no more of that? Oh, should I have to do something? Uh, no. Jesus already did all there needs to be to do. All you have to do is receive it. You know, get yourself some arrows, pound the living daylight out of it, and it'll do it. Because my life's not going to stay this way. My life's not going to stay this way. So now let me challenge you. As you all sitting there ready to stand up, I know. Come on, pastor, get up and raise us up. I know. Okay, go ahead, stand up. Just don't go anywhere. As soon as I say stand up, 15 people walk towards the door. Don't walk towards the door. Ushers, block the door, man. <laughs> Lay down on front of that. See you, Paul. <laughs> I got a question I need to ask you. Each and every one of you in this place. How many have some has somebody in your life? Could be a family, could be a friend, could be a spouse, could be kids, doesn't matter. But you've been killing it in the nursery. You've been wishing something would happen. But I'm here to tell you this morning, it's time for us to be passionate about it happening. To not lay down, to not lay still, to not be, God, we can't do it. No, man. Pick up them sticks and wallop the ground with them. Time for the enemy to be destroyed. It's time for things to be seen and known that only God can do. It's time to let God. It's time for your heart. It's time for you to come up to that door and just pound on that puppy. It's time to start asking afresh and anew. Don't let it go. Be the noisy one. Be the gear that gets the oil because you're the squeakiest, loudest one there is. It all starts from a place like that. No wimpy prayers. So, House, I'm going to look at you this morning. I'm going to say, let's start with prayer. We have service. We have daughters. We have grandchildren. We have parents. We have spouses. We have friends. We have coworkers. We have cousins. We have aunts and uncles. We have people that that you carry in your hearts. People that will believe in God for you. People that need to know touches, prayer requests that go beyond not just salvation, but for healing touches, for, for financial breakthroughs, for relationship issues, for all these other things. We're carrying them. We're carrying this scenario. We have uncertainty about, about this for our family or this for our child or where this has gone this direction or that. We're not, we're not sure about the future. We're concerned about where things might add up, where it's going to finally end, and it has to end through times of prayer and passion that go out to God, and we don't give up. We don't shut down. We don't quit. God is still the answer. He's still the source. And I'm really surprised that the worship team isn't up here yet. Hold your hand, honey. Here, here's the, oh, you can cut that. Don't worry about that. 
Thank you. Sound man's ready to be bored. But, but here's my thing. There is no reason for us to leave this place without destroying the enemy first. And that's what the arrows do. Boy, I just believe that we need to make that effort, that step tonight. Because why do I keep saying tonight, this morning, to, to, to reach out and to take hold of it and to declare, let God arise with his enemies scattered. God, my child, my child, my child, this is not the way you intended for them to be, and this can't be the way that they remain. It must change. You got a problem with that? You can't tell God what to do. Oh, come on. The prayers of a righteous man availed much. The in-rot prayer. That's the old King James. That's a God birth. The passion I'm talking about comes from God to begin with. Friends, sometimes you've got to break through some of the layers. Sometimes you've got to be as brutally honest with God as you can possibly be in order for God to be brutally honest with you. This is not a time to give up. I can't believe I'm still preaching. It's not a time to give up. It's a time to go after God and break through. So I'm just going to say it to you this morning. If that's you, no, I'm not even going to say if that's you. It's all of us. We all need to find that place. We all need to bring that prayer here this morning. And I'm going to ask you as they begin to minister in song, let's just come around these altars this morning and let's bring our passion before God. Let's bring our passion about that need, about that situation, about that desire, that heart that God has been dealing with you on. Don't wait for things to happen here or there. Step out from where you're at. It's time to get passionate. You want? The only thing that will get you out of your pew will be passion. The thing that will keep you in your pew will be called rebellion. That's a hard word. God's dealing with us for the very reason of taking back what's been stolen. So I want to encourage you this morning. Let's find that place of prayer. All the workers need you up here. Need you to find a place up here this morning.